The busiest travel day of the year is here, and it's going to be a doozy. Hospitals in New England are now bearing the brunt of this new COVID surge and a special pre-Turkey Day Love Hate 8 to send you off for the holiday weekend. Wednesday need to know. Let's go. Good morning, this is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for Wednesday, November 24th. I'm Jill Wagner with Carlo Versano. Gobble, gobble, Carlo. Good morning. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving Eve, Jill. Uh, A great day. One of my favorites. A night to get drunk with people you haven't seen since high school. Uh, Do people still do that, by the way? I mean, that used to be one of my favorite traditions. I'm guessing uh, young people probably still do. Yeah. Did you used to do that? Yes, I, that was it was like the biggest party night of the year. Yeah, uh, everyone's yeah. home from college. And I don't know, Thanksgiving's much more enjoyable, though, when you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You don't want to be hung over on Turkey Day. Uh, actually, it's actually not the worst day to be hung over as long as you don't have to cook. But um, yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, we're going to be off, uh, obviously, tomorrow and also Friday. So this is your pod until Monday. So pay attention. Um, Okay, if you are hitting the road for the holiday weekend, gas prices have dipped a bit in recent days, although the national average still more than a dollar higher than it was last Thanksgiving. So that said, prices at the pump are expected to fall further after President Biden said yesterday he would be releasing a record 50 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve. Uh, If you're flying, get ready to be a guinea pig in the airline industry's biggest stress test of the pandemic. Millions more people are going to be taking to the skies this year than last year. According to the latest TSA numbers, we are nearly back to 2019 levels of travel, despite the prolonged staffing shortages that are still afflicting the airlines. Man, I am glad I am not going to an airport this weekend. And for everybody who is, my thoughts and prayers are with you. It is going to be, uh, it is going to be brutal out there. Uh, one point on the strategic reserve announcement, which uh, came came across yesterday as we were recording. Um, that sounds like a lot, 50 million barrels, which I guess it is, but it, you know, it's two and a half days of U.S. oil consumption, so it's not like it's really that much. It's a temporary fix, um, but you know, at le- politically, at least Biden looking like he is addressing uh, some of the issues that are top of mind to voters, to 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 Americans. Uh, so I give him credit for that. Uh, and just also as for the forecast, uh, some good news here: uh, the U.S. looking at its basically a quiet weather pattern for the busiest uh, travel day of the year here. So just be safe out there, everybody. Um, Always important, but especially this year, as we've talked about with everybody losing their minds and going feral, just be safe. And if you have any consumer facing jobs, whether it's at an airport or a store, restaurant, just hang, hang tight, hang in there. Serenity now, as they Um, say. No, right. Well, you know what they say, serenity now, insanity later. Um, (laughs) By the way, the, Cost of the Thanksgiving meal also way up. It's up about 14% from last year because of all of the inflation Mm -hmm. and supply chain issues that we're seeing. Um, The gas point is really interesting. Um, It may finally just be like a a political recognition that this is a big deal, you know, that inflation is affecting Americans and it's making them uh, a little bit more pessimistic about the president and the job that he's doing. But it'll, you know, OPEC isn't involved in this deal there are other countries mm-hmm. that are. Um, so the question is, will we really see a difference at the, at the pump? A lot of the issues with gas are that there aren't truck drivers to actually right. drive the gas to the gas stations. Um, there's this massive truck driver shortage. Um, but at yep. least 
the president's trying to do something about it and acknowledging that this stuff is a big deal. Um, COVID. But just Jill, in, ter just in terms of in terms of the Thanksgiving uh, costs going up for the meal, you know how you can avoid that. Just go to your parents' house. Make them cook. <laughs> I interviewed some first. I'm going to my in-laws. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> and my parents will be there. But um, I interviewed somebody on Cheddar about just ways to keep the costs down. And she said, institute a BYO policy. If you're hosting, just ask people mm -hmm. to bring a side dish. Potluck. Bring their Potluck own style. Foods, things yeah. like that. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about COVID because obviously this is on people's minds as we're all about to gather indoors with our loved ones. So COVID mm -hmm. now as bad as it has ever been in some parts of the country with at least 15 states reporting ICUs that are more full than they were last Thanksgiving. The surge is hitting states with decent and even strong vaccination rates like Michigan, which has the highest per capita case rate in the country, despite a vaccination rate that's around the national average, even highly vaccinated New England states like Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, are getting hit mostly because of unvaccinated patients from rural areas. Yes, vaccinated people are still mostly staying out of the hospital, which is important to note. Uh, I got my booster yesterday. Man, my brain feels like it is made of cotton balls this morning. Did you have that when you were, I know you said you just felt tired, but do you have that sort of like brain fog? Do you get that? No, I didn't. I just was exhausted. And I actually, the first time around, didn't really feel the impacts of the of the vaccine either like, like mm. some people get really sick to the point where I almost felt like I got a placebo where I'm like I don't think I got the <laughs> I know that's how you know vaccine. it's working yeah. I want to make sure I have the antibodies um but no I was uh, exhausted for a day but then yeah. I was all right yeah I, I, I'm very tired I'm also schwitzing like crazy I'm a, I'm a big sweater but I, I don't know it's just it's, the, these shots always make me uh make me schwitz um but also just uh, back to the vaccine mandates which I know I'm sick of talking about as I'm sure everybody else is just to, to the to the folks who wrote in um saying that they disagree with me on what I said yesterday about the vaccine mandate for air travel um you know my my position at this stage of the pandemic is basically I am pro vaccine mandate anywhere and everywhere and I am anti every other mandate or restriction. I think I, I really think that that's just sort of the, the 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 smartest position to hold at this point. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, you know, vaccine mandates they're not a new thing. People have been requiring vaccines for various activities ever since you know they became available. Right? Uh, these vaccines, the greatest scientific achievement of the 21st century. It's not even close. They keep you from the hospital, which is their job. Hundreds of millions of people have gotten them now without any adverse side effects, um, they're the way out of this. So I think, you know, let's just, I, I, my position would be like, let's get rid of the masks. Let's get rid of the hygiene theater and and focus on getting the vaccine numbers up. You know, I walked by the uh, elementary school in my neighborhood yesterday. You know, it was 35 degrees in New York City yesterday. The kids were eating lunch on the blacktop. I, I mean, I don't know. That's <laughs> stupidity at this point. Like, I mean, it's like borderline child abuse, frankly. Like, I, I, it's that that's this sort of hygiene theater, I think, that we can really get rid of. Right. Let's let's move to a new phase now that we know how this thing spreads, who is at most risk and who is at least risk. In this case, it would be children. Um, and just just let's just be a little bit smarter about this. Um, so Barry Weiss, who I I uh, tend to quote here. She did a, a great newsletter this week. It's called Lose the Mask, Eat the Turkey, and Other Sane Advice for This Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. A Reasonable Doctor's Guide to Enjoying the Holidays and Not Killing Your Grandparents. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a really 
well done interview with very sane advice along the line, Carlo, of what you were just mentioning. Um, it's too long to read, so I am going to tweet it out. Uh, you could follow me, of course, at Twitter, Jill Wagner TV. I'll also throw a link up on my Instagram, which is uh, Jill R. Wagner. Um, and, and her bottom line was so his bottom line. This doctor was kind of like what you said and, and, and his take on his Thanksgiving. Most of his family is vaccinated except for the little kids. They're going. They're doing it in person. They're eating their turkey. They're not rushing through it. Uh, and he cannot wait. And, and I think that that's good advice. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. A rough couple of years. We need to be with our families, obviously, with precautions. If you don't feel well, stay home. Don't get people right, sick. Right. There are now rapid tests available. I have about eight of them, <laughs> eight boxes. Oh, you're hoarding them. You're the reason why I'm I can't find them. them. I don't think like, I don't <laughs> I just, think that I, I, I think I have like seven boxes. I, I don't totally think that that's hoarding. I just pick up a no, couple I every just, time I, I see I, them. Um, but if you could get your hands on them and you want to feel better about Thanksgiving, take one, you know, take yeah. one before the, before you see your family. Yeah, um, we do people think that the rapid now. tests are like, people think that the rapid tests are like completely useless. No, I mean, they're not as good as the PCR tests, but the, 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 what they do do have is the ability you can just rat, take them rapidly, right? And they are useful. Um, <clears throat> switching gears, a federal jury in Ohio found that CBS, Walmart, and Walgreens liable for helping to fuel the opioid epidemic by creating an oversupply of the addictive painkillers. It was the first jury verdict in an opioid case and the first time that retail pharmacies have been held accountable in the public health crisis. This is an interesting one. Uh, the plaintiffs in Ohio successfully used this uh, public nuisance law strategy against these retailers, these big chains, um, which is going to be encouraging to other plaintiffs. There's, you know, thousands of these lawsuits that are still uh, winding their way through the courts around this country. And I don't know if we covered this. I think I may have been out when this uh, when this came across last week or the week before. But the o opioid epidemic killed 100,000 Americans during the pandemic in the last 12 months, um, mostly, of course, because of synthet synthetic fentanyl, which is only in demand because of, you know, pills like Oxycontin that got people hooked in which they can no longer uh, get their hands on. Um, I know I recommended that series Dope Sick on Hulu a couple weeks ago. It's really good if you're looking for something to, to watch this weekend, even though it's fairly depressing. Um, but just, you know, I'm going to stick the, with the, the hot Thanksgiving parade yeah. <laughs> and the dog show. Hey, OK, fair enough. Yes, uh, I, I don't blame you, Jill. Um, but just, you know, on the opioid stuff, like the, the lack of criminal accountability for this national disaster is just still very remarkable to me. You know, law, lawsuits are one thing, um, but nobody's in jail. And and the, what struck me about the, the 100,000 number, Baker and I did cover it last week, yeah. is that we're still in the thick of this thing. You know, it's not getting better. We've been dealing with this opioid right. crisis for so long. And I feel like because of the pandemic, it got brushed to the side a little bit, but it also got right. worse. Um, right. and, and that's where we find ourselves now. Um, all right, let's no, talk exactly. a little bit about what's going on on wall street. The NASDAQ's bull run may be slowing down. Some of the high growth tech stocks that became household names during the pandemic are seeing a prolonged sell-off shares of zoom closed down 14% on Tuesday after a series of wall street firms cut their price targets. DoorDash off 15% over the last month. Robinhood is 60% from its all time high. Peloton down uh, close to over 20% over the last week and more than 70% since the start of the year um, as it sees demand for its bikes slow down after red hot sales during the lockdowns. Um, it, it is wild what's happening to some of these, you know, quote unquote, stay at home stocks. Yeah. Um, when you think about people just kind of uh, ready to get back to the gym, 
or workout classes in person are there. It's hard to keep up that growth for a company like Peloton. Um, and the question is, which of the trends that we have started, whether it be Zooming or Pelotoning or whatever it is, which right. are we going to continue uh, post pandemic? It's very hard to predict these things, of course, uh, as any you know investor or trader will tell you. Um, but yeah, if you if you invested in these companies at the beginning of the year, you would have actually lost money now. Meanwhile, uh, if you just put your money into an S&P index fund, you'd be up nearly 30 percent. So that's I mean, again, I'm not a trader. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it seems, the, the, you know, following the, the market index funds seems like always the easy money, though, of course, it's you know, you're not going to get pops like uh, some of the pops you saw in, in these stocks. I saw actually yesterday on the uh, the parent the parent group, I guess, is that what you call it? Like these parenting groups that we're in in Brooklyn. I saw people are now posting um, used Pelotons on there. So I don't know if that's really? a sign. Yeah. I mean, they're still like they're asking me like fifteen hundred bucks for them. Um, but I had never seen I had never seen them come across the secondary market like that. So maybe that could be a bad sign. Becky was like, we should get one. I was like, I I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to use it. I'm, I'm just going to feel like I'm just going to make it would just make me feel bad about myself to spend that kind of money on something that I'll probably end up using like three times, even though I know you said it's great. It, it, I don't really use it anymore, to be totally honest. <laughs> I actually do. I will credit Peloton, though, for getting me back into running. I've never liked SoulCycle or any of those biking classes because I've always been a runner. Yeah. Um, but Peloton also has outdoor running classes, which I you start. I started with just a, a quick two-miler, and I eventually built my way up. And that's what got me back into running oh, that's cool. form, where I, I was able to do a 10K recently. So I will credit Peloton with that. I did ask our resident market expert, a.k.a. my husband, <laughs> just about what's going on right now. He said the big issue right now is just that interest rates have started to go up because the Fed right. is slowly starting to taper the stimulus. When that happens, usually money comes out of growth stocks and goes back into these quote unquote value stocks and also financials because they're for the financials anyway, they're making more money on the right. money that yep. they're holding. Uh, Amazon, Google, Apple, those big name tech companies, those have all been holding up. Um, and, and he also says it's been it's an end of year rotation. So people do think that next year interest rates are going to continue to increase as, as the Fed continue to, to taper the stimulus. So at this point, he says investors already kind of starting to set up for next year's trades. And not only that, it, he said the markets have had a huge run. And at yeah. some point, people take their profits. Right. Um. Okay, so that's a little insight for, for everybody. Okay, Grammy nominations are in. After the Recording Academy changed its nominating process over criticism that the awards often feel hopelessly out of touch with the zeitgeist, this year, whoever gets the most votes from their music industry peers is who appears on the final ballot. John Batiste, the multi-talented composer and band leader for Stephen Colbert, leads the pack with 11 nominations for his album, We Are. Olivia Rodrigo, Justin Bieber, Little Nas X, Kanye West, and Billie Eilish also up for Album of the Year. And Jay-Z got a couple nods for songwriting and collaborations, making him the most nominated artist in Grammy history. What has he been Abba on? I, I feel like I haven't heard from him except from the business angle recently. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, it's weird how they do it now because, you know, there's so many people involved in like making a hit song these days. So I think that he has, he has songwriting credits on, on, on just some popular songs, although I don't know offhand uh, what they are, but you're right. He, I think he did a co collaboration with, uh, with DMX 
maybe before DMX died. I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, as for the snubs this year, which is always my favorite part of these, uh, BTS, Casey Musgraves, and Drake were all left out of the song, record, and album of the year categories. Um, Morgan Wallen, he got nothing, though I don't know if that really counts as a snub since he's been more or less uh, you know, banished from the industry after he was caught using a racial slur. Uh, so the Grammys, I believe, January 30th on CBS. It's always my favorite award show, even though it is true that the, the the nominations are all are often they often make you feel like you're like am I listening to the same music as other people because like this seems <laughs> not exactly in tune with the popular culture often. Look, the Grammys are basically a big concert, so they're always fun. Yeah. Uh, exactly. If you are planning an outing to the movies this holiday weekend, Ridley Scott's House of Gucci opens wide in theaters today. That film is inspired by the wild story of the family behind the Italian fashion empire, Lady Gaga, and her much-discussed accent uh, in the lead role. The early reviews are all over the place. Critics are calling it everything from an astounding maelstrom of overacting um, to absurdly enjoyable. It's also clocking in at nearly three hours. Oh, I cringe with overacting. I, I when I watch something really? where I feel like the person's overacting, I just I find it so uncomfortable. That's funny because I actually kind of like it. I think it's it's, it's it's when it's like a little bit campy, which this movie appears to be. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually very excited for this film. It, it looks like one of those movies that's either going to be like the best movie of the year or just like absolutely one of the worst things you've ever seen. Um, but it looks fun, which which would be nice. It'd be nice to go to the, th the theater and see something fun. But just back to the runtime. Uh, should I add this to my presidential platform? You've got James Bond. You've got Dune. And now you've got House of Gucci. All three of these movies now clocking in at close to three hours. Like somebody has got to put an end to this. Movies should either be a tight 90 minutes or like two hours even. And I think anything longer than two hours, that's a show. You have make make that into a show. <laughs> so I'm adding um, that to my I, to my platform, everybody. I know I, I don't totally um, disagree with you there. I was just kind of giggling about the overacting. Uh, the Rewatchables podcast from Bill Simmons, where they rewatch mm. old movies. I love that. They, pod, for yeah. each movie, for each movie, they do an overacting yeah, <laughs> award, and it's so funny. It's the first. It was Mark Ruffalo. Um, Spotlight. Where yeah, he right. was, yeah, where they knew that like, where like, yeah. they thought that was just so overdone. Um, but it always just makes me laugh to see who they think was maybe trying a little bit too hard. Right. And that, I think Lady Gaga may win the award for that this year. Also, just on the entertainment beat, if you're planning to post up on the couch this weekend, uh, as I am, Peter Jackson's hotly anticipated three-part Beatles documentary starts rolling out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the first part drops tomorrow and then uh, in consecutive days over the next three days. Uh, it's called The Beatles Get Back, and this features unseen footage of John, Paul, George, and Ringo as they prepare for the band's last uh, live performance, that rooftop performance over Apple Studios in London. Uh, Jackson got access to six hours of video and 150 hours of audio that had never been seen or heard before. It was locked away at Apple Studios for the last 50 years. So if you're even remotely interested in the Beatles, this looks like it's really going to be uh, uh, something cool to see. It, it's wild. I've been looking at some of the, the trailers for this. The video, mm. it's incredible to see them so young. Um, yeah, it, it's just wild. Like, and, and at first I was like, I didn't really know what it was, so I thought, "Is this?" Um, I thought they, those were actors. At a like, I quickly looked, and I'm like, "That can't be. There's no way." That's right. Uh, obviously, That's it was video that we'd never seen before. But I'm definitely going to be watching this. Yeah, that looks good. Okay, in lieu of more to know, um, we uh, we are going to do a little early pre-Thanksgiving love hate eight today.
Carlo, kick it off. Okay, one thing that we love, the late night, post-meal, post-nap turkey sandwich. So leftover turkey, toasted brioche bun, lettuce, tomato, stuffing, gravy, gravy, uh, and just gobs and gobs of tomato, some salt and pepper, uh, which, of course, this sandwich is best consumed while standing over the sink in your underwear after everybody else has gone to bed, at least in my opinion. But I, I still think that the turkey sandwich is the best part of the meal. I know that I know that's not exactly a hot take, but uh, it's probably my favorite meal of the year. Um, one thing that we hate Holiday traffic, which we can only assume Ugh. is going to be even more soul crushing than usual this year. Uh, we were we were supposed to go up to my parents' house tonight, um, but we're actually not. We're just going to wait until tomorrow morning because the traffic is just so bad lately. And Franny hates the car, so it's just you know insult to injury when you're just sitting in a traffic jam with a screaming infant strapped in the back seat. Uh, so wish us luck. But you, you're not traveling far though if you're going to your in-laws, right? No, we are we're pretty lucky. We're going to just be traveling uh, about yeah. 10 minutes, uh, hopefully no traffic. Um, Carlo, my suggestion would be as soon as I'd had everything packed and ready to go tonight, as soon as she gets up and, and you can yeah. get her fed, hit the road. Uh, the earlier you get, yeah. get out there, the better. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should pack tonight. Okay, and one thing that we ate uh, uh, pies. I mean, I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm a sweets guy, so I eat all the pies at Thanksgiving. Um, but Jill, give me your give me your pick, your your top Thanksgiving item. Uh, I well, it's not a dessert, but I stuffing to me. I like stuffing, yes. and I like um, I like the sweet. I, I I don't know why I'm not prepared for this. I feel like I knew this question was going to be coming. <laughs> I do like stuffing. I like the sweet potato with the marshmallows on top. Oh, that's um, a good one. I haven't and had I also that in a like while. string bean casserole with the fried onions. Uh, mm. That's yes, I like that. No cranberry. I'm I'm anti cranberry. That's my one thing and, I don't well, like. By the way, cranberry sauce prices, for whatever reason, are um, like double what they were last year. So if you if it's one of those things you only get just to have yeah. it on the table, but no one actually eats it, skip it. <laughs> get rid of it. Yeah, good idea. Um, Carlo, your favorite pie or your favorite dish? Well, pie, pie pie is my favorite, but in terms of actual like nutritious food, um, yes, the stuffing. I don't know if that's exactly nutritious. Stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, turkey. I like my plate to be like a nice brownish color. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seasonal, season appropriate. All right, now Carlo, yeah. um, uh, we don't have much time, but uh, Carlo and I put a list of some of the things that we are thankful for this year together. Uh, we also asked Baker because he's been a big part of the podcast in the past month. Uh, so we did both small and big things that we're thankful for. I think it's so important to take stock, you know, Absolutely. and actually think yeah. about what this holiday is about. So I'm going to kick it off. I am thankful for hot coffee, my Dunkin' Donut K-Cups with French vanilla Ugh. coffee creamer, which make 4.30 a.m. wake-ups a little bit sweeter. <laughs> I am thankful for Bridgerton, Ted Lasso, uh, and all the other great shows that helped me get through the past year. I'm thankful for the vaccines, mostly for my parents. I'm thankful for my daughter's school and all of the parents of her, her classmates who take her food allergies seriously and help keep her safe when I'm not around. I, I can't mm. even express the, the gratitude for that. Um, I had a rough few weeks, Carlo, as you know, and I'm very thankful for my amazing coworkers like you and Baker. Um, and I'm mm. thankful for my husband, who's like just really been a rock for me to lean on. Um, and of course, I I'm thankful for my sweet and funny daughter who gets 
sweeter and funnier and sassier every day. <laughs> um, and uh, thankful for our amazing listeners who choose to spend 20 minutes with us every day, sometimes a little bit longer. And, and um, that's a big deal. So we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here to that. Um, from Baker. He says, on a serious level, I'm thankful for my family and friends and their health. The pandemic, if anything, made me realize how important the people are in our lives. He also said he's thankful for Matthew Rosengart for saving Britney Spears. <laughs> I'm thankful for Taylor Swift, who gave us 30 songs on her Red album. And I'm also thankful for Wine Deliveries. That's a good one. That. I should have added that. Uh, and also, I'll just uh, second what you said, John. Thankful for all of our listeners, um, every, especially everybody who wrote in uh, with their parenting advice for me, a lot of which I took very seriously. I still have it printed out after you made that document for me. Um, and it's been great. Uh, of course, I'm thankful to Becky for being a really selfless and incredible mother. Um, and I'm thankful for Franny for joining us on this wild ride and being such a sport about it. Uh, although I guess she doesn't have much of a, cho a choice in the matter, but she is, like you said, uh, adorable. And I fall more in love with her uh, every day. Uh, I'm thankful to my parents. I feel like I just understand them at a much more visceral level now that I'm a dad. And uh, I think a lot of people probably probably feel that way. And it's just a great reminder to give your give your folks a break because, you know, they're trying. They brought you into this world and they're the ones who can take you out of it, as my mom said. Um, I'm thankful for President Biden for getting us out of Afghanistan and taking a political hit that no one else would uh, to do the right thing. And I'm also just thankful for the unsung heroes of the pandemic, Jill. Like uh, you were talking about the, you know, the parents, uh, your co-parents at school. Um, how about the school administrators? Not just the teachers, but the principals and the secretaries and the cafeteria workers and the janitors. These are the people who have been holding this school year together with spit and glue, uh, and they haven't complained about it, right? When was the last time you you heard a uh, a high school janitor complain about not getting the vaccine? They just do it. They do it for the kids, and they do it for their job. Um, and I'm thankful to them. And also just to everybody who got vaccinated out of a sense of duty and patriotism this year. And of course, Jill, I'm thankful to you for being a great co-host and friend. Um, back at you, Carlo. All right, we're going to leave it there. Um, thank you, everybody, for really for, for listening to us every day or however often you do. We, we so appreciate it. Uh, we know that there's a lot of options out there. And so uh, sure. anytime you spend with us, we're, we're thankful for Everyone have a really wonderful holiday. Take some time as well to, you know, thank, think of what you're thankful for. Take a little stock. It, it makes you feel good. I, I, you it know, does. I loved putting this list together, Carlo. It does. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Be safe out there, okay. guys. That is what you need to know for Wednesday, November 24th. Have a great holiday. <laughs>